0: If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. I talk to all kinds of photographers from all different genres and to be honest with you, the one that I get the most excited about, but the one that the least amount of people want to participate in is wedding photography. And outside of wedding photographers, most photographers seem to be terrified of the phrase wedding photography for one reason or another. But I think it's just the most wonderful form of photography that's in existence. I also don't think there's such a thing as a wedding photographer, but I'll get into that in a little while. Uh, Before we get to your work and, and wedding photography in general, we first have to find out why it is that you picked up a camera in the first place. So what was it that made you want to become a photographer?
1: Oh, wow. So my love for photography started in grade school, maybe when I was 13. I had this really cool, trendy friend and she was always taking pictures. She had Polaroid cameras. You know, we're 13 year olds and she's shooting film. And I would like basically, you know, get dressed up and model for her and very like Tumblr vibes we were going for. And we both just started photographing everything and anything. And then as I got older, I joined like the photography club in high school. So the passion has always been there. I've always been creative and loved art and photography, painting, painting. So when I got older, it just kind of transitioned into my career.
0: And then was there a point at which you felt like not just taking pictures, but you started to feel like you were actually a photographer? Was there an image that you took that it felt like you'd kind of turned the page into calling yourself a photographer?
1: Yeah, I definitely suffered from imposter syndrome at first. Like, okay, I'm good at this, but do other people think I'm good at this? I'm just going to call myself a photographer and go for it. But I think that the confidence really started happening and I really realized, okay, I'm good at this. I am a photographer. This is what I'm going to do was when I started getting published in blogs and magazines. And then I also was kind of being nominated and winning little awards with these same blogs and magazines. I kind of became known within the photography community. And that's when I was like, okay, I am a photographer.
0: Now, like I said at the beginning, wedding photography seems to be something that I mean, I can't speak for the US, but in England, if you tell other photographers of other genres that you shoot weddings, they tend to wince. I think either the pressure or uh, maybe just being involved with the stereotype that people have about brides or what wedding days can be like is something that scares them. Or just maybe it's the breadth of all of the different sorts of styles that you have to cover. I don't really know. Um, I always find it quite comical the way that people overreact to it, but what is it about wedding photography that sort of lured you in and made you want to photograph weddings?
1: Okay. Can I just say that I totally understand what you're saying. When I tell people, maybe a stranger, Oh, I'm a wedding photographer. It's almost like they want to say, I'm sorry to me, but (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, you're right though. It's, stressful. It can be high paced. Um, you have to be ready. You have to be in many places at once. It's not for everybody. So my venture into wedding photography began when I was starting out, you know, wanting to make money from wedding photography, well, photography in general. I realized weddings are beautiful. Like they are so stunning. They're not what they used to be. And it was that that drew me to it, to be honest. I was like obsessed with the way you can make a bride look on her wedding day, like so beautiful, almost editorial. Like Um, weddings are very stylized these days. And I really was drawn to the beauty of them and I just went for it and haven't really turned back since.
0: I definitely feel like weddings being, well, I definitely feel like weddings are, the, are in a golden age of design. I feel like this is a really great purple patch of, of wonderful design work and the integration of all different mediums that are actually kind of all meeting at the same frequency. Where florists and um, sort of, it's almost like set design at, at this point, the, the stationery involves the dresses, the, the floristry, everything seems to be lining up just perfectly. And I, I think when you look at the rest of the, of the world, you know, when you look at cars, when you look at buildings, architecture and so on, I feel like we're in a bit of a, a slump with design because everything's been made for purpose and to be as safe and economical as possible. Whereas weddings really feel like they're in a golden age. What What in particular is your favorite aspect of the sort of current state of of wedding design?
1: Oh wow, that's a tough question. Um, weddings really can be as creative as you want them to be uh, you're right like the design is not what it used to be. It's amazing if you have the right vendors, you can make it anything. Like there are no limits. I think that for me, it's definitely the floral work and the table designs that really excite me. I mean, I love a great dinner party. I think that an elevated tablescape really is something that is beautiful, but also your guest can enjoy. So it's you know, it's an experience at that point, not just beautiful. It's for many people to enjoy. And when you see it, you know, as a wedding photographer, I see everything going on. When you see the guest and the bride and the groom really connecting over a beautiful tablescape or whatever the vendor team has put together for them, like, that is special. It's not just beauty, it's actual meaning and memories are being created. So I definitely appreciate that.
0: Do you ever find yourself in a position where the style of your photography maybe clashes with the wedding itself or a design element of the wedding, or maybe even the expectations of the couple?
1: You know, I definitely faced those problems earlier in my career. And that's when I had to fine tune my client. Um, You can't hire me for my beautiful, light and airy, vibrant editorial style and then be getting married in a dark, ballroom that, that's not gonna work for me or you. You I'm not the person for you. So that used to be an issue. I think whenever you're starting out in something new, you kind of are finding your way. And yeah, that was something I had to quickly fix.
0: If I could just get the flagrant sexism out of the way nice and early, I, I'm still trying to figure out why it is that female wedding photographers are just in almost all cases so much better kind of capturing the the small moments the the sort of the intangible moments of the day making so many scenes look beautiful what is it about being a female wedding photographer that gives you this like superpower over the rest of us
1: hmm I that's interesting I would have to say it maybe has something to do with just being nurturing naturally and being having an eye out for those moments. We kind of know when they're going to happen, I think. So we're there, we're ready.
0: I always find it A few years ago, I did a talk on wedding photography for people that were looking to get into it. And I was talking through your priorities on the day. And one of the things I mentioned was just, you need to realize that the groom's about ninth and the shoes are about third. So you have to understand where your priorities are from the bride's point of view and from how people are going to view the day from the outside. And I actually had a, a male photographer ask a question at the end, which was, are the shoes really that important? And I feel like if that's a question you're asking, maybe maybe weddings aren't the one.
1: Yes, they're not for you. And it also depends on your client. Maybe your client doesn't care about those styled shots of the details. Maybe they want Purely candid moments, more of a photojournalistic documentary style. Um, but my clients, they definitely want everything photographed. They want it to look like they want their wedding gallery to look like it belongs in a magazine. Actually, no, they want me to make their wedding get published in a magazine.
0: Well, I talked to before about shot economy being a big part of of learning to photograph events, learning to photograph weddings. And by shot economy, what I mean is, is that you don't. Work on the basis of like a checklist, which is what I see a lot of people do, where it's kind of like they take a picture of the cake and then that's it. As long as they just get a wide shot of the cake, they've technically documented it and they feel more like wedding documentarians rather than wedding photographers because they're not looking for the photographic approach to what it is that they're doing. A lot of it is about breaking down what seems like a single photo and maybe trying to find a few different ways to approach it and you might find something better. Um, Do you find yourself? Uh, now at the point in your career that you can just walk into a scene and know exactly how you want to shoot it, or do you actually still work work the scene quite a bit and work towards different potential ideas?
1: So I don't have a shot list that I carry with me, um, a physical shot list, I should say. I definitely have things in my brain that I know are given that I must photograph at pretty, pretty much every wedding. But yes, I am i don't wanna just walk up to the cake and be like, okay, I took the picture, done. No, I want to really portray it in a beautiful way, different angles. Um, just I want the gallery to look amazing. Not like I just went down a list. I wanted to look very personal to the clients. I will even, if it, if you know, I see a beautiful space at a wedding and I think that the cake would look amazing and it makes sense to photograph it there, I will ask the baker or the caterers, hey, can you help me move it over here for a shot? Because it's incorporating a certain element from the wedding day and it will make sense in the gallery. So I have no issue moving things around and getting very creative. I don't just walk into a wedding day or a scene and be like, okay, this was what is given to me, so this is all it is. I'm totally open and happy to make it my own for my clients.
0: Was there a point where you kind of felt that confidence come in because to turn around to people that that are doing what they do and say, oh, how about we move it here and get the photo from this angle? For a lot of people it would be quite daunting. How long does it take for you to, to build up that confidence to do that?
1: It probably took me a year. <laughs> um, whenever I first started photographing weddings and I realized the style I wanted to have and the clients I wanted to attract, I invested quite a bit into workshops and styled editorials where Everything was planned already. There would be a lead photographer or a host, and they would kind of walk you through what to look for in different different parts of the wedding day. That grew my confidence so much learning from others that were above me at the time that had more experience that I aspired to be like. Um, So after a series of workshops, I would say that I kind of hit the gates running and just had all the confidence. Now I walk into a wedding day and I'm not afraid to ask for things and I'm not afraid to suggest things all because I feel like it really has the best interest for my client.
0: If I could ask an annoyingly broad question. No, please. If you were to kind of ratio it one versus the other, how important is like your ability with visual literacy, your ability to compose these images and to see, like you were mentioning moving something where it would work better to be able to see that in the first place, the skill of actually being able to visualize stuff ahead of time. How important is that compared to just understanding a wedding day and understanding the emotion and the the personality of a wedding day?
1: I think that that's kind of what puts you in the tier of being an artist. When you have a vision of your own and you see it before it's ever happened I think that's what my my clients love about me. And I also, that's really what I love too about photographing weddings, incorporating art, composition, different lighting. So I would say if you are striving to reach a higher market, then you need to be more than just a photographer. You have to... Be an amazing customer service person. You need to know how to communicate with your clients. You need to have their best interests. And yes, you need to be able to read light. You need to be able to see things before they've ever happened and execute a vision.
0: And another big part of it, obviously, is photographing people that maybe aren't comfortable or familiar with being in front of a lens. And a big part of being a wedding photographer is to kind of coax people, trick people, manipulate people, whatever you want to call it, into being comfortable <laughs> in front of the lens and, and almost acting as if you're not there, but not really acting as if you're not there because you're going to get them to do stuff that they wouldn't normally do unless there was a photographer involved. So what's your sort of directorial style when it comes to directing people that aren't comfortable or, or used to being there?
1: Yes, this is a great question. Um, and I would say that i a majority of my clients say for one of the first things they say is i'm so awkward in front of the camera or you have to tell me exactly what to do will you help me pose and i always tell them i don't like to use the word pose it sounds so conformed and just kind of stuffy i never want them to feel like They have to study up and know how to pose. I just tell them, I'm going to be there and I'm going to guide you through everything. What I like to do is give small little prompts that will loosen them up and just make them feel comfortable. And I also like to keep things simple. I'm not trying to make a model out of someone on their wedding day. I want them to do things that they normally do that will... Provoke emotions that they have already. So, for example, something that is so simple, but is such a beautiful photograph is I will tell my bride and groom, okay. I just want you to walk, walk slow, hold hands. Maybe the groom is one step in front of the bride and then I will tell them, okay, don't look at me, look at each other and smile while you're walking, walk slow, don't trip. Okay. Now lean in for a kiss. Okay. Now smile at me, pause really quick. And it works like a charm. It feels so comfortable for them. They're loosened up. I'm like, you know, and i always reassured them. I'm saying, you look so good check the back of my camera. You don't believe me? Here, look at yourselves. And nine times out of 10, actually, no, 10 times out of 10, um, <laughs> they're like, oh my God, we look so good. And I'm like, yes. Okay, let's keep going. And giving them that confidence puts them at ease. And then we're on a roll. They're enjoying it. And yeah, it's a great time from there.
0: I mean, what's harder for you to work with? Or I guess what's easier for you to work with? someone that's a little bit awkward about being in front of the camera and they're kind of handing themselves over to you to control or someone that has a really clear idea of how they think they look good in front of a camera and maybe it's not perfect for what you're trying to go for?
1: Oh, I actually have never worked with someone who thinks that they look amazing in front of the camera and it didn't work out well. If they arrive with all of that confidence it's probably because they have a lot of experience in front of the camera and then we I will just guide them little prompts same thing but they're just giving me more as um as like a model as a photographer so yeah I'm really okay working with either we always get the same result
0: um so something that you do which I'm kind of curious to know this is Quite often with the podcast, I'm asking questions with the view of the audience in mind. The majority of this one's basically just me asking questions for <laughs> myself as a wedding photographer, but you do portrait sessions as well as doing uh, weddings. Now with a wedding, you go in, you start off, you can you can immediately start off by photographing details. People are getting makeup done there, occupied with something else. And you can kind of build up a, a head of steam, as it were, with photography from from a fairly neutral place without having to be too involved with the people around you. Whereas with a portrait session, you're working with people directly straight away, cold start. Do you ever find that maybe a wedding's a little bit easier in the sense that you kind of build up to that point where you are working with people as opposed to going in cold on a portrait session?
1: You know, I never thought about it like that, but you might be correct. Um, You know, on a wedding day, like you said, I arrive and I start with details. So the bride and her bridesmaids are nearby and they're doing their finishing touches. I always stop in and maybe introduce myself if we haven't met. Either way, check in, introduce my team for the day. We chat, you know, I tell her she looks so beautiful because they always do. And I start working on my own details away. So there's kind of like an icebreaker already as you know, with portrait sessions, like you said, like as soon as they arrive, it's kind of like, okay, let's get to it. We're working with the light here. So I actually think that we might be a little lucky in that sense, us wedding photographers.
0: It's my favourite part of of doing weddings, and and quite quite often in England, especially for winter weddings, because we have about three minutes of daylight from sort of October through to February. You have yeah. shorter day. You have shorter day weddings, and sometimes I've had weddings where they don't even want me there for prep. So I'll come in at like the the build up to ceremony, and it's like I've my first real s- sort of flexing of what I do is photographing the ceremony which is obviously incredibly important and you need to be very switched on and you really need to be like hot in the sense of like you need to you know you, your tires need to be warmed up um, and your skills mm-hmm. need to be rolling and, and to come in at that stage is actually I've always found it to be not difficult but this always makes it more of a challenge than if you've had a couple of hours you've got to know the people around you've been photographing details you've kind of warmed the camera up as it were Let's jump over to something because I feel like we've probably not scared off the majority of people who don't do weddings yet, but this might do it (laughs) because it's scary enough for a lot of people, as we've already talked about when it comes to just talking about wedding photography, but you combine film and digital with weddings.
1: I do. Yes.
0: So how did that start?
1: Okay. So also very quickly, I... When I was starting out with weddings, I realized the look that I loved so much was all taken taken by film photographers. So I quickly did my research, um, went down the whole Google hole, learning all of the things and realized, OK, I want to shoot a medium format film camera. Um, and that is what I started doing. And I knew like that is the main That is the common thing between these photographers and the images that I'm liking so much. They all shoot on medium film format. So medium format film. Sorry about that. Um, So I went out and that's what I started doing.
0: I mean, there has to have been nerves in in the first place, because obviously with digital, you've got that constant ability to check up on how things are going, make sure that you're happy, you know, literally instant gratification. And with film, who knows?
1: Yes, yes. This is why a light meter is so important because it tells you what to rate your settings at. That way you can get the results you want. Because like you said, there's no looking at the back of your camera to check on lighting. So you really have to learn the craft. And once you get the hang of that, you just start to know Just by looking at things, I need to rate my camera at this. I need to put my uh, shutter speed at this. And it becomes kind of like second nature after a while.
0: With regards to the camera that you're using or cameras for film at weddings, what is it that you've gone for?
1: So I started out with the contact 645, which is like an amazing camera. It's pretty expensive, but I was having focusing issues. I mean, this camera is beautiful. The lens on it is a Zeiss lens and the bokeh that it produces is truly amazing. But I was having issues. Um, I was kind of torn, like, should I part with this camera? All the amazing photographers above me are using it. And then I was like, you know what? I can't trust this camera. Um, When you're getting film flatness, you're basically having a section of your image coming back blurred and out of focus. And I said to myself, what if this happens on the shot at a wedding day? That's not something I can risk. So I now shoot with a Pentax 645N, which is also a medium format film camera. And I have a modified lens on it to produce a very similar image that I was getting with my previous camera. And it's, this camera now is so reliable, so much more durable, um, a fraction of the cost, not that that's truly a factor, but it's a big plus. So I shoot with that system. And then I'm also a digital shooter, as you said, and I shoot with the Sony cameras.
0: I mean, a lot of people's ears will have pricked up then when you said modified lens. So you're going to have to elaborate. Oh,
1: okay. So honestly, I'm not a super technical person, but basically what this lens is, is for a different camera body and it is modified to fit my camera body to produce a better, sharper, creamier, dreamier, whatever you want to call it, looking image. So it's a 105 millimeter lens um, with a 2.4 f-stop the aperture. Right. So it's very heavy. It's heavy duty. It's amazing. The images that it produces are very, very nice.
0: And I'm not really one for talking about gear too much because I don't think it's actually as important as what YouTube would have you believe when it comes to Mm -hmm. photography. But uh, last question would be, uh, what film stocks are you using?
1: Oh, okay. I was hoping (laughs) you were going to get into this. So as you know, Fuji 400 is no longer. That has been, I mean, I'm okay with it and I will tell you why. But I shoot with that and Kodak 400. Um, Honestly, I like the warmer look of Kodak. So I'm okay with Fuji being gone. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. I know I'm probably pissing off a lot of people right now. But <laughs> um, but I discovered these amazing presets that have allowed me to match my film and digital work so well. So honestly, I'm not even going to notice that Fuji has gone. And those, just a little shameless plug, those presets are called the Good Light Presets. And yeah, they're top-notch. They allow me to match my work, film and digital very easily to perfection.
0: Well, it's obviously an important part of the workflow, but to jump back on the the 400H thing, one thing that has made me sort of giggle a little bit over the last 24 hours is the number of people that have had to post a story to say that it's been discontinued and that they're (laughs) worried that it's now going to shoot the prices up. Obviously not either realizing or not caring that by constantly talking about it, you're going to up the demand for it, which is going to cause that problem to happen at a greater expense and quicker, which has been one of the funniest parts of the last 24 hours is just watching essentially film photographers implode themselves over something that if they'd have just kept quiet, they probably would have um, been able to kind of get in before the crash. But that, I think that's just photographers in general. Sometimes I'm not sure they actually know when to not say stuff and when to actually say <laughs> stuff, or maybe that's just people. But I mean, there's, there's, you mentioned there about matching digital with, with the film work. When do you know that a shot is a film shot compared to being a digital shot? Obviously, I'm not, I mean, when, when you've taken it, but I mean, how do you know when you want to take it with film versus digital? Mm-hmm,
1: right. So film isn't for every situation. Um, I love, and I need a lot of light when I'm shooting with film. If not, it kind of can get really muddy and just not the look that I'm going for. So that's the main, that's the main decision, the main factor in whether to choose film or digital. Um, honestly, you can get such a similar look with digital. So either way, you can achieve a, the same signature aesthetic with either camera if you know what you're doing and shooting it correctly.
0: In terms of you though, and, and, and I don't mean the finished product, but for you as a photographer, do you feel like you shoot differently with the, the film camera versus the digital?
1: No, I don't. I shoot the same. I'm very intentional. I don't snap away ever. I kind of just, I know what I want and I'm going to take that photo. I'm not going to take hundreds of photos hoping that I get a decent image. I would say that I shoot very, very similar with both cameras.
0: Something that's really hard for a lot of photographers to do is to sort of self-analyze. And maybe in a lot of cases, it's a good idea to not do it. My wife studied clinical psychology and she's always said the worst thing for a psychologist to do is to analyze the people around them. And maybe that's just her telling me something there. But um, <laughs> when it comes to sort of self-evaluation, what was the hardest skill for you to acquire in, in becoming a wedding photographer?
1: Hmm. I, I think, believe it or not, which is funny to say now, because I really am such a people person. It's funny to say it out loud, but it was kind of like reaching the people that I wanted to work with. Um, I'm a very free spirited type person. I am not a traditionalist, um, but my clients are. And for a while, I didn't think that we were going to end up being a great match for each other. I didn't, I didn't have the self-confidence that they were wanting me because we had different lifestyles, maybe. So I had to quickly get over that. That was just me having self-doubt about myself personally. And I really had to get rid of that thought. And I work with these very professionals, like Bankers, lawyers, people in the medical field, and they value me just as much as I value them. So that has nothing to do with the actual art of photography, but that was my one barrier that I had to quickly get over.
0: If you don't mind me asking, um, what do you mean by traditionalist?
1: Well, they are maybe very religious. Maybe they're they are planning a wedding that. Incorporates a lot of traditions. Um, maybe they are, I'm trying to think about how to maybe they're just a little type A. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but maybe they're just our actual personalities don't align. Mm-hmm. But when you show up to work for them and serve them, everything else doesn't matter.
0: Well, it's an eternal balance when you work with people. Do you match their energy or do you hold firm with your own and, and see if they match yours? And, and I think depending on the person, you, you get a different right answer because for some people, for, for example, for like myself, if I was to try and match energy with someone that's very, very positive and very, very enthusiastic, I honestly would just seem like I was being sarcastic. Now, no matter how hard mm-hmm. I tried to be sincere, I don't think it would, it would come across with that level of sincerity. And I think for me to, to to kind of almost hold firm and maybe um, in a kind of stand up comedy way, make myself beneath the audience um, is my best solution to that. And you come across as an extremely positive, um, upbeat person and and you probably have the ability to match other people's energy or maybe even lift it, which would be the complete opposite of what would work right for me. And I think for a lot of photographers, maybe what they're missing out on with working with people is understanding their own personality and that side of things rather than just focusing on like megapixels and aperture.
1: Hmm. Yes. So... I definitely like to bring a positive, reassuring, confident vibe to any shoot, wedding, any project. I want my clients to know that I have their best interests. I will go above and beyond for them. I really want to just be there for them as whatever they need. So I really bring a attitude of service to weddings. And at first, I mean, I know a lot of photographers, maybe they're just starting out. They kind of have an ego, um, but you have to let it go. And you have to realize, yes, you are your own business. You are a photographer. You are an amazing person, but you are working for somebody else. So yes, always keep it positive, happy, never complain, and just be there to serve. And nothing really can go wrong, I think.
0: One of the toughest parts of wedding photography, and I think one of the most under, underrated skills of photography, and it's been completely mismanaged in the sort of fashion and portrait world for the last few years, and it's, it's sent me round the bend, which in England means it's made me go crazy, um, mm-hmm. is editing. <laughs> but before we talk about editing, anytime I talk to a photographer that has such an abundance of color in their portfolio, and obviously with weddings, it makes complete sense, I'm still going to ask the question, why do you hate black and white?
1: I don't hate black and white. (laughs) I love (laughs) black and white. (laughs) I love black and white for certain moments, I should say. Um, Very like soulful, heartfelt moments are meant for black and white. So a toast, um, a candlelit dinner, a first look moment, a crying moment, something like that. Those are my black and white moments. Um, But yeah. I love color. (laughs) I do incorporate black and white. I think it has such a classic and timeless feel. And especially when you shoot it on film, you get just the perfect grain. It has a very nostalgic feel to it also. I do love to incorporate those into a gallery.
0: I mean, you you said it there perfectly, is is I think black and white has like a timeless textural feel to it. But uh, Mm -hmm. I was obviously being slightly sarcastic with saying that you hate black and white with with your work, there's such an emphasis on color. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what makes it stand out so much. And it's what it's what drew me in, especially because quite a lot of people that photograph, I mean, I don't think there's, there's you know, millions, but some of the people that photograph in of a similar style to you, I feel like they over-exaggerate certain elements. And when they do that, and uh, maybe it's in the shooting process, maybe it's in the editing process, but they over-exaggerate some things. And when they do that, it takes away the timeless quality is actually what's so wonderful about a style like yours is that it's going to carry for years and years and years and decades and decades. And I just feel like with regards to editing, especially the last maybe five years, we've started to hit that Jurassic Park level where just because we could doesn't mean we necessarily should with some techniques that mm-hmm. have been maybe in fashion.
1: Yes, that is the plan to create work that is timeless and that will still be considered beautiful in decades. I definitely do not fall into trends with the editing styles. that's just not my thing. I have some some of my favorite photographers. They're not wedding photographers, but fashion photographers have a very exaggerated style. They use a lot of Photoshop. I'm drawn to the look, but for weddings, it's not appropriate for me anyways. So I can appreciate all editing styles, but for me, I like to keep it timeless. And I want it to look true to color. And what I mean by that is when you look back on your wedding photographs, I want you to think, oh, wow, that is exactly what the sunset looked like that day. I don't want it to be overly saturated. I want it to look exactly how it did, maybe slightly better. You know, We always add a little magic to our editing, but for the most part, it's very true to color, light, but still has vibrancy. That's my thing.
0: So let's let's really dive into editing then. You come back from a wedding. I'm assuming you're sending your film off to a lab?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Okay. So you get your digital images into the computer, you get your Gans back from the lab. What's the process like when it comes to image selection? How do you, you know, do you do you have to seal yourself off in a room with all the lights off and really hack away at it? Is it something that you do in installments? How does that work?
1: Um, I try to do it as quickly as possible. I really don't want to do it in multiple sittings. So I will go ahead and select the best images from the wedding day. And then I wait for my film to get back from the lab. Um, If there's not that much film, maybe I didn't shoot that much film at a certain wedding, then I'll just go ahead and get started with the the editing process. Um, I don't shut myself in a room with the lights off. I know a lot of photographers that do, but I honestly, I don't like to edit at night. I like to edit during daylight hours. And yeah, I just get right to it. I pick the best ones, which you know there's a lot of images that could be very similar but i don't i don't try to incorporate too many photos i give them maybe 60 images from an hour so 60 images per hour is my average but i don't want to overwhelm them with duplicates that are basically the same so what i do is i pick the best and then i get right to it i use the good light presets as i mentioned earlier um, it makes my life very easy. Editing for me truly is a breeze. I just edit quick blemishes if there's any and do color corrections and crop and straighten. And that is it.
0: I mean, the main thing with, with, with editing on, on weddings right, is, is time management. Because if you spend too mm-hmm. much time doing it and you're self-employed, you're essentially eating into the, the cost of what you're doing. Is that, is that fair?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why on a wedding day, it's so important to be intentional with your shooting and make sure that you are exposing correctly for the look you're going for. That I think is why my editing process is truly so seamless. Um, I don't spend weeks and weeks on on weddings, editing weddings. That That just doesn't work for me. And
0: in terms of You know, I I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because I'm not going to get the opportunity (laughs) to talk to many wedding photographers because I think a lot of people hide from this. And I'm going to jump back onto gear very quickly because um, I'm curious. So I'm I'm, I can't shoot zoom lenses. I just can't. I can't do it. Every time I shoot with zooms, I just end up zooming in as far as the lens will go. And then I just use it as a prime. Are you a prime shooter or a zoom shooter? Um, What's your what's your go to's?
1: Strictly prime. I don't own a zoom lens. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, prime all the way. I have 35, 50, 85. And then for my film camera is the 105, which I think renders as a um, 85, if I'm not mistaking. So yeah, I don't do zoom either.
0: Well, it's just something I found funny coming into wedding photography was that people would say to you, did you ever, I mean, did you ever hear the expression, the Holy Trinity, which was like, a I don't know, it was like a... 14 to 24 24 to 70 70 to 200 and that's what for a while at least like random guys on forums would tell you you had to have for a wedding so that you were covered through all focal lengths and I've always found myself oh, thinking no. how many people were like at a wedding and they're like ah, oh, you know that would have been a better picture if I just had 165 millimeters as opposed to <laughs> 150 or whatever it's like such a pedantic thing to pretend is an issue at a wedding
1: No, yeah, that's not me. I really like to keep my gear as simple as possible. You know, it just takes so much. It relieves a lot of mental space and allows me to be present on a wedding day to think about the shots that I want rather than fiddling around with gear. And yeah, it just, that's not me.
0: And and finally, I mean, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. At the moment, getting wedding photographers on a podcast is like finding hen's teeth. It's just not happening. And to be honest with you, you're, you're in my, you're in my top three and I don't want to put other people down, but you're definitely in my top three. I'm, I'm trying my absolute best in the next couple of years to really, you know, do what you're doing. Unfortunately, I'm blessed with being stuck in England where we have no light. So um, I'm not going to have a chance in hell of getting close to the airiness and the lightness of your work. Um, With regards to like advice you would give to uh, wedding photographers or people that are, are perhaps considering wedding photography. What what is the best part about photographing a wedding for you?
1: First of all, thank you so much. That was very kind of you to say. Um, the best part about photographing a wedding or being a wedding photographer for me is oh, there's so many things, but I'll tell you a few. So I'll be honest. I love the freedom and flexibility that being a wedding photographer brings to my life. Um, I love working from home. I have a four-year-old daughter and I love that I'm able to be around her and, you know, soak that up as much as possible. Another thing that really lights me up is no pun intended. (laughs) Um, (laughs) making, making my clients, especially the brides and any females really feel beautiful. I love when a client receives their gallery or I show them the back of my camera and they tell me, oh my gosh, that's me. It's like, yes, girl, that's you. That is a great feeling. I love bringing that to my clients. Um, And honestly, like I just, you know, I create for a living and I think that's kind of what I was meant to be doing. So I feel very lucky. Yeah. For those three main
0: reasons. I said right at the beginning of this that I don't, I've always said, I don't believe there's such a thing as a wedding photographer because I think it sells short what we call wedding photographers. So for yourself, I think you're obviously a phenomenal portrait photographer. You're phenomenal at photographing details, flat lays, uh, you know, photographs, addresses, rooms, candid photos. I feel like to call someone a wedding photographer really sells short the skill set that they have to have compared to say, and I'm going to piss someone off here, but compared to say, <laughs> if you are a portrait photographer, which I am, if you're a portrait photographer, you don't have to have the same broad sort of visual vocabulary as a a wedding photographer. A wedding photographer is a portrait photographer. They are a food photographer. They are a reportage (laughs) photographer. They are a landscape photographer. And that's why I always say there's no such thing as a wedding photographer. Does it ever kind of, and this is going to sound like such an ass kissing question, but does it ever kind of sort of dawn on you the skill that it takes to do what you do?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I really will get home and I will pull up the gallery you know, start editing and I'll just be like, telling my boyfriend babe look at this photo i'm so good like i'm so proud of this work and i think that is totally okay i think that more photographers should pat themselves on the back because it's not easy there's a lot of opinions there's a lot of ideas going on on a wedding day and like you said you have to be everything you are the art director you are a stylist you're a prop stylist you have to photograph food the moments Documentary style, editorial style, there's a lot that goes on. So, yeah, I finally, I don't want to say finally, but I'm at the point now where I recognize my worth and I'm very confident about it. And my prices reflect that.
0: So, this is going to be a bit of a bizarre one, but bear with me here. So, going back to when I was at school, so I'm 32 now, I left school at 16. So, Jesus Christ, I can't do math. So, 16 years ago, Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> 16 years ago, I left school and my year at school, my leaving year was the first year to get a prom because it's not an English thing to have a prom at the end of, of a school year. Um, and it, we've kind of stolen it from, from you guys and we're now incorporating it more and more. And now it's like a, a standard thing. We've now got the, you know, the spoilt brats and the the nice ones and the ones that make it ridiculous. And, you know, you see limos and you see Ferraris and they've got their own photographers. And it's, it's absolutely that. crazy how it's taken off here. We do tend to kind of borrow back from the places that we've previously, uh, you know, inhabited, let's say, um, quite a mm-hmm. bit. And, and weddings are going that way as well, finally, which is really nice because I love the the look of American weddings. Um, and it's hard to achieve in England, but English wedding photography for the longest time has been dire to say the least. It's been absolutely horrible for the longest time. And it's now finally turning a corner, I think. But there's something we don't have in England that you have at weddings in America. Now, I know you don't have them all the time, but I was wondering if you could possibly explain the concept to my uh, English friends on what a first look is.
1: Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. So a first look is when a bride and groom choose to see each other before their ceremony. So traditional, traditionally, you walk down the aisle and that's when your groom sees you for the first time. So what modern couples are choosing to do is have a first look. And how it works is we will, I say we, because it really is a team effort. We will set up the groom in an area that is beautiful. This is is where we're going to take our photos. Um, maybe it's like outside in the garden, we'll say. And I will tell him, do not turn around. Um, let's just say your bride is going to come and she's going to tap on your shoulder. That's when you turn around and just have this moment for yourselves. The concept is it kind of can relieve nerves. Um, it's a special moment for them to enjoy themselves because also what can happen is you have your ceremony. That's the first time you see each other. And then you jump right into family portraits and then you jump into portraits photos and then it's back to the party. You really haven't had a moment, just the two of you. So this is a way to have that moment, um, let go of any nerves you may have. And then we also turn it into a quick, probably 10 to 15 minute portrait shoot, which is also great for me because I want to deliver as many portraits as possible. So, yeah, that's what a first look is. It's basically when you choose to see each other before the ceremony. And it's a great photo op.
0: Yeah, we've seen it on TV shows over here, and I don't think it's going to be too long before it starts to become a thing. But it's like, I guess for English people, we're a joyless breed. We, we've, you know, we're not allowed to be too happy. All things considered, and, and we live in the sort of the weather that we live in, so we're generally just miserable, staring at clouds. And it's it's something that I always find so fascinating from the outside. And until you just literally said that it was a good way to sort of relieve the nerves, I've never even really understood the purpose of it. But now. That makes a tremendous amount of sense, especially when I'm sure you've seen plenty of brides walk up the aisle terrified and not used to being the centre of attention, not used to having so many people turn and look and sort of they get overwhelmed by the sense of it. So I guess in that in that way, the first look is a brilliant idea for just taking away that fear.
1: Yes, absolutely. And sometimes, depending on the logistics of the day, a first look is almost a must. Like if you're having a late ceremony um, and you are going to be heading into the darkness, like the sun is going down, we need to make time for portraits. So maybe a first look is what you need to have to make that happen.
0: I mean, it's been amazing to talk to you one last thing I want to do. I promise you this is the last thing, and then we'll we'll let you get on <laughs> with your day without having to listen to me is we've mentioned a couple of times about people that aren't wedding photographers that wince or they almost have sympathy for you for being a wedding photographer because they don't understand how great of a job it is. I want to promote... Uh, some respect for wedding photographers, and I want to promote some admiration for wedding photographers and for people outside of wedding photography to start appreciating the work and I don't just mean appreciate it as in say well done," as in find it inspiring, bring it into other forms of photography because there's so much to enjoy within what wedding photography is now. So what would you say to people outside of the wedding industry that don't photograph weddings in terms of their of enthusiasm for it? What would you say to them about how great it is to be a wedding photographer?
1: I would say that they're missing out. Maybe they have a bad idea of what weddings are because they've heard the horror stories of bridezillas or how stressful a wedding day can be. But if you position yourself to be with clients that align with you, that value you, and you work with vendors that really have your back on a wedding day. It's an amazing job. I think that once you really fine tune what it is that you want to do within the wedding industry, within the wedding photography world, that it can be a job that is very fulfilling and creative. And that is really what it's all about, in my opinion.
0: It's absolutely amazing to talk to you. Like I said, such a huge, huge fan of your work. The most important part of the podcast is that I push as many people towards things that I like uh, so that I can become an algorithm myself and make everyone like what I like. And then I just get more of what I want, essentially. (laughs) It's a very selfish task. So we need to tell people where they can go to find all of your amazing work. So please plug away.
1: Okay. Thank you. So my name is Melissa Blythe and that's B-L-Y-T-H-E. My website is melissablythe.com. My Instagram handle is melissa.blythe. Um, you can find me there. I love to connect with anybody. If you want to chat about weddings, photography, anything at all, I am an open book. So I hope to hear from some of you. And also I wanted to ask, can I leave them a gift for something?
0: Absolutely. Please stay.
1: Okay. So if you're interested in the presets that I use, they are from a company called The Good Light Presets. And you can use my code to save 15%. So oh, it's my name again, Melissa Blythe. And yeah, that's, that's all for me.
0: I think a lot of people are going to be taking advantage of that. Thank you so much. I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thank you so much. I had a great chat with you.
2: Don't be a stranger in the night. Take a chance for some romance. Don't copy your And someone like me that knows what to do